Hey everyone, Rafe here. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Faces and Feels. Uh, before we jump straight into the episode, I just wanted to hit you with a quick public service announcement. Uh, promotion that's near and dear to my heart, Deathmatch Down Under, Australia's premier deathmatch wrestling company, is currently in a, the midst of a big funds drive to try and establish their own venue in Melbourne, Victoria. Now, this is a really exciting concept for me. Though I don't live in Melbourne, the idea of them having a place to put on shows regularly, to stream on IWTV, to put out more content, to help develop talent, all the things you can do when you have uh, your own location seems like a really, really exciting prospect to me. Uh, if you look at somewhere like H2O Wrestling run by Matt Tremont, that's a perfect example of what can be accomplished when you have a space like that. I imagine booking venues and doing things like that and selling the idea of bringing a deathmatch company to your venue isn't always the easiest thing to do. And so, yeah, they're trying to get that done. Uh, and they really want to make it happen this year. But in order to make that a reality, they really need your help. So please head over to 3011arena.com.au. That is 3011arena.com.au to check out all the ways you can help. They've got all sorts of packages um, and nothing goes unrewarded. So there's various tiers starting from as little as $10 making your way all the way up to $1,000 with perks and merch and uh, being part of the mural, being literally a part of the fabric of the venue, free tickets to shows. All of these things are available uh, and you'll be helping a great cause and helping a great community that they're building over there in Melbourne. So please check out 3011arena.com.au and support Deathmatch Down Under. And with that said, let's jump into the show. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Ray Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. It is the owner and brain behind the amazing world of Ruthless Pro Wrestling. It is my dude, Chris Kohlenberg. How are you, my man? Better now that I'm talking to you, Rafe. How you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's been a while since we've spoken to face to face. Uh, Chris and I keep it has, yeah, exactly. Like we we keep pretty regular contact, but it's always nice to get a chance to have an excuse to sit down and stare into each other's eyes and talk about <laughs> pro wrestling. <Ooh. laughs> Sultry. Essentially. Uh, a little bit of a disclaimer for everybody. This is actually the Faces and Feels dog cast. Uh, both Chris and I are handling our own dogs at the moment, and they're both being fucking menaces. So uh, if you hear any <laughs> donking and biting and woofing and things like that, look, if it gets too much, I'm going to edit it out. But let's be honest, who, who cares? So <laughs> we just keep it going. Yeah, you might you might hear some shit. Uh, his dog is currently nibbling on his hand, as I can see. And mine um, had recently got into my trash can. <laughs> And I thought I cleaned it all up, but she keeps, uh, her tongue always hangs out and she keeps walking by with garbage hanging off her face and knocking into my desk that I'm working off of. So I'll have you're to, you're going to have to 
I, you're gonna have to bear with us. Yeah, I, I'll have to do like a post when we put this up, where I basically take both of our logos, and like yours will have pork chop on it, and then mine will have mochi, so like people can see like the two <laughs> different, <laughs> the two different weapons. This is actually not a dog, though. Anybody would think it's a Maltese, but it's a tiny land shark. All it does is bite me, twenty four fucking seven. That's just what it does now. It's like seventeen weeks old and an absolute fucking menace. So. Yep, she's listening. If you could just chill the fuck out, that would be wicked. So anyway, it looks uh, like a it looks like a Treyu from the Neverending Story, but but like <laughs> the tiniest version possible. Like she would need yeah. to be at least three times bigger. You're than You're not going to be riding her through the clouds anytime soon. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody will be, except for maybe a GI Joe or something. I guess this is maybe a video idea I could work on. Um, so dude, fuck you. Have had a a year ruthless as like since we originally spoke, I think we spoke before the, the tag tournament, which I absolutely loved. Um, but since then you guys have been everywhere. Um, you've been teaming up with other companies. Um, you've been, you know, shooting up to prominence. Your, your graphics look cooler. The, the, the footage looks better. Like you're just always, you know, jumping from stride to stride. So, just give, give everybody a bit of a synopsis. Where are you? Like, ha, how's things been, and and how are you feeling about the direction of the company right now? Um. Yeah. Uh. This has been a big year for us. Um. You know. Uh. Last year we did do a, a few road shows. Like we we branched out to Indiana. Um. And did a show with Flophouse with Schwartzy out there. And then. Um. But this year, you know, we've we've gotten our way out to Chicago. We've got to run a big show at Harpo's. We've uh, made some great connections with uh, ICW, with uh, uh, No Peace Underground, with uh, Circle Six. Um, and there's uh, there's some more stuff loading up in the chamber. I mean, I just learned about, or uh, I just agreed to something just this morning that uh, we haven't discussed yet. That hasn't been announced, but we'll be hitting the road again, uh, teaming up with some more companies. And, you know, um, I'm a firm believer. Um, that all this elitism and all that bullshit doesn't help the, the, the wrestling plane at all. And that if you can find like-minded people to work with, it does nothing but benefits you both. And I've been kind of using that ethos, not only to grow ruthless, but to make some good friends and up our production and our game in the process, you know? And, and like, since I've met you, you've always been about like, working together with people like with me with everyone like it's always been like cooperative with you and you're one of the only companies that i've seen doing stuff like that too like putting on co-promoted shows with other companies sharing resources you know everybody's independent nobody's slinging around huge dollars and you're like why are we in competition with each other when we could be working together to grow each other's fan base and you know just improve wrestling and and deathmatch wrestling like the world around you know it's really awesome dude absolutely you know um where a lot of people see negativity i see opportunity you know um a lot of people they want to be the best and fuck everybody else i don't think that i'm, I'm one of those people that no matter what we accomplish i'm never 100 happy with it i always have to keep growing and, and going and i think that's why we do some of the things we do and are able to grow because i'm never content and where uh, other people are like, you know, I want, we're going to be the best. Fuck all of the other companies. I want nothing to do with them. I see other companies that do stuff similar, use some of the same guys. And I'm like, Hey, why not split a venue? 
why not go halves on a ring? You know, uh, lower both of our costs and mix mix our fan base. You know, you're going to get some fans off of me. I'm going to get some fans off of you. We both grow together. And we both, you know, and it, it benefits everyone involved, especially the fans and the workers, because the, the workers go to one building and get two paydays. You know? Absolutely. And the fans go to one building, get two shows, you know? Just works for everybody, right? And it's like... It's not like, you know how like WWE back in the day used to sort of pretend that other companies didn't exist and like change people's names mm-hmm. and gloss over their history and stuff like that. The internet exists. Like people know these people wrestle in other places. Nobody has the money to lock people down into like, you know, exclusive contracts and stuff. So why pretend that on your show? You know, you can you can use. Oh, I just got bit on the foot and had to kick the the desk. But like, why? Uh, <laughs> I heard it. Yeah, exactly. But why? Uh, like, not use that positive reputation from other companies and and work together. You know, have the champion of another company appear on your show and and vice versa, and do those things and and just grow everybody and grow. I mean, it's like the old territory system, right? Like, and that's something that I, I feel like went away for a very long time and the, that you are all working to sort of reestablish worldwide at the moment because you can take into account companies like Deathmatch Down Under here in Australia, you know, um, yeah, Kumite and, and uh, Rise and stuff in the UK, like it, Freedoms and Big Japan. Like, they're all just starting to... Yeah to work together and that there's no reason why that can't happen. I mean, even in New Zealand are just cranking up now with Reaper Pro and uh, Rugged Vic Craig running his Ready to Die tournament. Like, we're, we're on the verge. Oh, I mean, I had been saying that it's the golden age of deathmatch wrestling and, and things like that, but we're, we're really on the verge of something even more amazing than we even realized, I think. It's truly true. And... um not only that, the intermingling only benefits everyone. Like, I've had uh, Joel Bateman from Deathmatch Down Under in an RPW ring. Yes. And it was great. I've had Big Joe from Rise in an RPW ring, and it was great, you know? And it and it was opportunities that were, were brought to me by working with ICW, mm-hmm. you know? Had I not um, had... Danny and I not had a, a great business relationship and we've done three shows or four shows, three shows together now. Mm-hmm. And they're, then they, they've defended, like you said, uh, defending titles, like their titles been defended at, at RPW three times now. Yeah. So, and it, it's done nothing but benefit, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's a no brainer to get along with these people. And, to, and not only that, you know, we, we get along as people, you know, like we, we, Danny and I shoot the shit all the time about non-wrestling stuff, you know? And these other promoters, you know, like it's, it's nothing but beneficial for everyone involved, especially the fans. And that's the big thing is, is making something great for the fans. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me, and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing. But it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So 
if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. I don't like doing versus shows. You'll never see an RPW versus show. Yeah, okay. Because that's... One one promotion's gonna look bad in the end, you know. One yeah. one's got to be a winner, and one's and that does, I, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, okay. I understand. I'm interested in like let's both look good. Yeah, let's both put on a good fucking show, mm-hmm. and you know, it it becomes easier when you do these types of things because your overhead gets lower. Mm-hmm. You could afford a bigger name. You can put out a little bit more money because you're only paying for half the ring and half the building. You know, like to where. You know, when I run on my own, I'm paying for the full ring. I'm paying for the 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 venue. You know, yeah, absolutely. Well, I won't be paying for a ring anymore, but <laughs> we don't need to go in that story. But this man just stumbled onto a a ring in his back pocket, so that's a nice uh um, nice safe. As of today, yeah, we have a, we have a ring, so that's amazing. Uh, that's another thing that I I know about you and about Ruthless. You you've always been really working to be though you work with lots of people working to be self-sufficient too in everything that you do. Yes. Like you guys are in-house with all of your graphics and things like that, with all of your video, you've bought the equipment. Now you, you've bought a ring, you know, you've, you've done all those kind of things like that again, turns things like ticket sales into profit, letting you do better things for the fans rather than always burning all your money on the overheads of putting on a show. Correct. Yeah. You know, um, like I was having to pay a sound guy for a little bit. Um, I went and bought sound equipment. Now I don't have to pay a sound guy, you know, Mm -hmm. and that sound equipment costs what hiring my sound guy would have cost on two shows. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's spending your money wisely to, to end up saving money in the end. Yes. You know, it's an investment forward but it ends up paying for itself eventually by not having to keep paying for this shit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like invested in the in the front to then, you know, save money in the long run, which is really smart. Yeah. Um, do you think uh, some of your thinking as, as far as like uh, planning all this stuff and organizing and running a company comes from not really coming up in the wrestling business? Like, you know what I mean? You weren't a wrestler, you weren't a promoter, you weren't around other people. You sort of fell backwards into it. Anybody can listen to our our first interview to sort of hear about that. And then, so you just approach it like managing a business, like in, in a lot of ways, you know? Like I, I see a lot of similarities with how you run Ruthless to how I say, like run the music store I manage, you know, and things like that. You, you always seem to be, be making these sort of decisions. Do you think that sort of, you don't have as much of that, I don't know, carny nature or whatever it is? Um, I do have a background in putting on shows. I was a concert promoter and oh, a musician right. for a long time. That's right, yeah. So I used to put on shows, uh, mostly heavy metal shows, and I was a death metal singer for like 10 years. And what I have discovered is putting on a wrestling show is not much different than putting a concert together. Yeah. You know, you got your talent that you got to book. You got your venue you got to book. You got to make sure you have sound. You got to make sure you have security. I mean, it's all kind of the same, but you throw a ring in the mix and some storylines. And 
with with us, you know, we're a deathmatch company. I'm I constantly have to be sourcing light tubes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it's I took the knowledge I had from that and then moved it over here, and it was pretty seamless. Like it it there was there's still a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna act like I knew everything, but it did give me the foothold on what to expect, how to manage stress, how to manage people, which is the hardest part. Cause you know, having, having a wrestling company, it's like having, you know, 30, 40 kids, you know, everyone's got their own problems. This is happening to this person. This person's got this going on. They're not available this time. You know, like everyone's got their own issues and you got to be able to deal with it and be able to, to divide your time amongst all these people and make sure that they feel appreciated, which yeah. they are, you know, it's one of the things that, Oh, a lot of our talent will tell you is they don't ever have to worry about getting paid and that, that they don't have to worry about a lot of fucking drama around here. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of companies aren't like that. You know, a lot of companies are, you know, I'll get you next week. Door was light brother, you know, and uh, you know, screaming, yelling at the talent and, you know, being big on like uh, our, our locker room kind of polices itself. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone kind of knows what to expect. Um, if we have a new guy coming in that, you know, comes in arrogant or gets out of line, you, you got a guy like Justin Kyle strolling on up to him being like, no, yeah, stop, yeah. you know? And if they don't, they don't fucking come back, you know? Absolutely. Is Justin, uh, a real locker room leader for Ruthless? Like, is he somebody that, that a lot of people sort of look to and, um, I don't know if he's the locker room leader. He's definitely uh, um, someone people definitely look up to. I, I would say someone like Murdoch yeah. would be more in that position with us. You know, it's like someone who's just been in it so long and is so respected, but has such a level head. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Murdoch in person lose his temper. I've seen the video of him and Teddy Hart. Yeah. <laughs> but in person, I've never really seen him lose his fucking temper. Like, he's usually a really level-headed mellow, easy to work with, nice guy. And a lot of times being around people like that, it rubs off on you, you know? Yeah. And having that person to talk to and stuff like that. Like we do have a lot of guys who are more elder statesmen in the business that are in our locker room, you know, that, that give the, the perception, this is how you should be acting here. Yeah, exactly. Setting an And not only that, um, the uh the venue uh that the one venue I've been using uh it's owned by a a, a biker gang okay. and uh the locker room is actually their bar right um so they're they're down there having drinks and shit if you do you think people are getting out of line with those guys around <laughs> they're not well that that's gonna make things easier as well <laughs> nobody's trashing yeah. dressing rooms in there <laughs> they're 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 very nice people I'm gonna say that yeah very nice people until they ain't. Yeah, <laughs> fuck around and find out. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. All right, two second pause. Dog pissed on the carpet. So, <laughs> <laughs> hang on one sec. Please leave that in. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it in, but I'll still pause it and then we'll it's jump the back. Dog cast. Yeah, exactly. Dog cast. Well, while you clean that up, I'm gonna go um, wrangle garbage for my dog. All right, let's do that. Two two second pause. <laughs> Okay, and welcome back, everybody, to the Dogcast. I think I'm just going to dub in, like, you know, Offspring's like, dun, 
dun, dun, like fucking waiting music on that one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the uh, the Simpsons uh, technical difficulties thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a hilarious interlude for everybody. But yes, the piss is, cl- is cleaned up. Uh, I have given her a distractive toy, hopefully, but she seems more interested in biting the TV cabinet. So, uh, well, we're going to see how that works out and we'll get this going. I don't remember what the fuck we were talking about, bro. <laughs> um, I believe... Oh, bikers. Fuck, uh, policing about, um, your locker rooms at what, will. what I've been doing the last year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, let's talk about this then. Uh, obvious segue, another huge thing that happened to you is unfortunately you had a huge health scare that was really terrifying. Um, I feel like it's an important part of your story because it, it shows your bounce back and your work ethic and so Take everybody through it, man, because it was a harrowing story and we were all really, really worried about you. Yeah, so um, uh, when I get home from work, uh, usually I take my – I got a, a little English bulldog and I take her for a long walk. Um, there's a bike path pretty close to my house and they don't – use it at night Mm -hmm. so i'll uh stroll on over there take her down the bike path and then loop her on back to my house Mm -hmm. so i was taking her out we're strolling around doing our nightly walk and uh i started feeling like out of breath Mm -hmm. and i started feeling like this tightness in my chest and then my like vision kind of just pinholed out yeah wow and um i was unconscious Jesus. And when I woke up, I was in the hospital and uh, they had explained to me that I had, I had had a heart attack and I was worried, you know, where's my dog? Because I was walking my dog at the time. And luckily she was found by the pound and they had gotten a hold of me because of her collar and chip. Yeah. Um, so luckily she was safe. But yeah, I was I was just walking my dog and I, wow. I had a heart attack. And um, it turns out it was more a bit genetic. Um like uh, my ventral artery was um, kind of like clogging with uh, uh, cholesterol. Yeah. But like that kind of shit kind of runs in my family. Yeah. And I, I needed to change my diet and, you know, get on some medications to, uh-huh. uh, to handle it properly. And I've since done that. But, you know, that's why um, after the second or after uh, the last circus with ICW, that's why we haven't had a show sense up until this one coming out because you know i had to take some time to get myself okay before i could you know fully i don't like half-assing this shit and i I couldn't fully commit with what i had going on but and i was originally planning on not doing anything this entire rest of the year i was going to take the rest of the year off get myself right get my health right but i found with all that downtime without having something to focus and work on it was my my brain was all over the place it was driving me fucking nuts i had i had to have something i have to have something to be always be working towards yeah. like a goal something to be putting together and so i was like fuck this shit and originally i was going to come back in october and i had a really cool thing lined up for that but ring guy ended up double booking the ring um other ring guy I talked to gave me a fuck you price on a ring. So I, I said, I scrapped that show. And yeah. I was like, all right, November, we come back. So November 26th, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming will be soon. I'm not sure when you're dropping this. Uh, we will be back. And the show will be up shortly after on IWTV with uh, Death Right. Yes, that's hot. And now you don't have to worry about any ring guys bullshit because you own your own. Correct. <laughs> that's... 
Uh, you know, but I'm not gonna talk shit about my ring guy. Uh, uh, our normal ring guy is a good guy. It's it's another guy, uh, a backup guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he gave me a price that was utterly ridiculous. The guy, the guy I normally use comes from Chicago, mm-hmm. and brings me a ring which is eight out or six out or about six hours away. Wow. Okay. The guy I tried to hire as his replacement was 45 minutes away and try to charge me $250 more than the guy from Chicago because it was such a far distance. So yeah, no. dealing with ring guys became an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the one I normally use, he's a good guy and I would never say anything bad about him. I would well, recommend him to anybody. Well, so. That's good. How does, uh, now you're a ring guy. Apparently, how do you? Tra- We're getting away from the original topic, so we will come back. But this is interesting to me. Uh, how do you now transport a ring? Well, I got to get me a flatbed, a trailer. <laughs> okay, you go get a trailer. Uh, we're not to that part yet. I did not know I was buying a ring today, uh, so that was that was kind of uh, news to us. Uh, but sometimes. I'm not going to tell the story just because it's, it implicates a friend of mine and, and kind of a negative light. And um, But something happened to where somebody needed money to get out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I was able to help him with that. In return, for said money, I received a, a wrestling ring. Exactly. Everybody wins. That's what yes. you want to know. So, rewinding away from ring logistics... Um, when you when you talk about uh, focusing on stuff and, and and things like that, I and taking the year off and trying to get your mind right, that's that's something that I, I can really relate to. Like I'm sure ruthless to you is a you know is is a huge passion project, much like this podcast is for me, and and it was the same. I really slowed down. My my wife was briefly sick. Listen to this. Um, podcast would know you know at the start of the year she got got really sick and we went through a bunch of different stuff and I wasn't really doing anything but then you sort of you start to go a bit crazy in a sense because you don't have the the outlet that you have to feel like you're progressing Mm -hmm. or or seeking anything you know yeah well I mean on top of the the wrestling I have a podcast as well too so I'm Mm -hmm. always working on stuff Mm -hmm. exactly uh, tell people about that actually while while we're here because that's a that's a really fun listen for anybody that likes horror movies and slashes and stuff like that. So when I'm not doing wrestling, I am a giant horror movie junkie, and I'm not talking about like I like your Freddy's and Jasons. I'm talking I will watch the most bottom of the barrel dog shit horror movies almost on a daily basis. <laughs> um, the podcast started originally, um, which we have had to change formats as of last week. But originally it was Madman Pondo, myself, and uh, my best friend Kelly. And it was originally called Madman Pondo Presents from the Mouths of Madness. Mm-hmm. Pondo's schedule uh, has become, it's hard for him to be able to record every week. It's, it's been getting harder and harder, and he had to take a step back. Mm-hmm. So uh, out of respect for him, we renamed the podcast. Now it's Real Vile, R-E-E-L, Vile, V-I-L-E, like like a movie reel. Yep. And it's myself, Kelly, and I brought in my friend Germ the Ripper, which is a punk rock kid from Chicago who's also a giant horror movie junkie. And, you know, Pondo will still be around. But he's, he, week after week, it became hard for him with all the travel. You know, he's always on the road, all that bullshit. Yeah. Um. So... By the time this comes out, Real Vile will already have been launched and we'll already have some episodes out. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we started recording them like a, a week ago, but uh, yeah, we just, we talk horror movies. Like normally we have one that we focus on, which is going to be a spoiler movie. We're going to spoil the shit out of, and we'll let you know ahead of time what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And then up to that point, we'll just talk about what we've been watching that week and if we'd recommend it or not. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's, it's a lot of fun. If you like horror movies, check out real vile podcast. Yeah. That's awesome. I think I, I think I know of Jim. I think uh, I follow Jim on Twitter. Actually, it is is Jim around the deathmatch scene and all that stuff? Yes. And yeah, yeah. I know who it is. Exactly. Nice Twitter person. Um, shout well, out, Jim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's so- actually someone I met this year in Chicago. We just kind of became fast friends. Mm. Uh, he was at our uh, Code Orange show. We met, shot the shit for a while, and. Um, Ever since then, we you know we've been talking online a bunch, and literally every post of his is either wrestling or horror movies. Yeah, same person basically. Or, yeah, yeah. So I was, when Pondo was like, "Hey, you know, I feel bad, but I'm having trouble with the, keeping up with this," mm-hmm. you know, like we we're like, "Hey, man, no problem." And you know, we were going to stop, but it kind of gave Kelly and I something to look forward to every week. Yeah, and it it was another distraction from my distraction, which is wrestling. Yeah. But it was like for a long time, um, my love of horror was kind of getting backburnered because I was keeping up on all the wrestling. And this keeps me like, Oh man, I, I, I definitely got, I need to check some movies out this yeah. week. So I could have something to talk about in the pod. Yeah. So it kind of like leveled me out on my interests, yeah. you know? And it forces you to keep a foot in it and not go too far the other way. Like I, um, I've started a second podcast with a, a friend of mine called Okada Shorts, which is all about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, I, I'm okay. a huge New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. Uh, I've traveled to see it in Japan. I've seen them here in Australia. Like, really, really like it. And it was really hard to sort of watch New Japan over the pandemic. They weren't doing super great stuff, and it's all the clap crowds, and it's very, you know, uh, kind of locked down in Japan. That sort of lifting and stuff now. And by starting that podcast, it it sort of forces me to keep up with it in a good way. Not forces, because I, I want to watch it, but I sort of have to make time for it. Whereas this podcast, out of just the way it sort of happened, became sort of very deathmatch heavy. Just because that's where all my friends ended up, you know? And they're the companies yeah. I follow. And, and so I'm, you know, always looking at guys like you and ICW No Holds Barred and all these different things. And then I'm like... And I haven't watched New Japan in ages, so it kind of forces me to keep up with what's going on, and I always really, really enjoy it. Uh, and it gives me kind of an excuse to be like, okay, the big show's coming, I need to sit down and just watch it and enjoy it. And it's made me yeah. really have like a very good time uh, watching it again. And I, I suppose it's the same for you. You're like, well, I've got to fit in a horror movie this week because I'm going to do, do this thing. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it's not like... You know, I, I said forcing, you know, that that's not really how I meant it. It's sometimes when you're working so hard on certain things, you let your passions and your hobbies kind of get backburnered. Yes. Even though you may still have time to pursue them. And this just kind of kept me in check. But not only that, it it gave me or it gave me time to sit down and talk with my friends about horror every week like I used to before I owned a wrestling company. You yes. Know? Absolutely. Um, Kelly and I, like, we've been best, best friends for 25 years, Yeah, you okay. know, and um, that was normally all we talked about. Um, and after I started the wrestling company, we didn't talk so much horror. We didn't go to see as many horror movies. We didn't have movie nights, you know, like I was mm-hmm. 
so consumed by making RPW what it is that I let that shit fall to the back burner. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I always wanted to have a horror podcast. Let's just do it. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm one of those people that has intensity. It's like one day something clicks. It's like, I'm just going to fucking do this shit. I mean, that's how I was when I started my first band too. I was yeah. like, I really love music. I always wanted to do this. So I talked to friends of mine that were talented and I'd be like, let's fucking do this. And yeah. then, you know, 10 years later, I have a couple albums under my belt and we, I had fun doing it. Yeah. And then I learned how to promote doing that. And then that when I was done with music, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm 40 now. The idea of my fat ass screaming into a microphone anymore just sounds exhausting to me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I got past it, you know, it just wasn't, I still listen to mu music. I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, these guys can't see, but you, you have me on video. There's about a million records behind me. You know? Easily like, one I'm a music million. junkie. Yeah. I, I'm the same. I, <coughs> I got into a band the exact same way. I didn't even know growing up that I wanted to be in a band. I didn't even know what one was. None of my friends played instruments. You know, I, I grew up in like a smaller town. None of my, the people in my family were music orientated in any way. But then when I moved to Perth, uh, I moved in with my best friend and his family. And, and he at the time was playing bass uh, or at least starting to play bass because his old man used to. You know, there was just one in the house. I used to fucking hate hearing him practice that. Uh, and then him being who he is, he's always got like a new interest, right? That's just who he is. He's kind of good at everything and he'd just go on to the next thing. And then the bass was just kicking around and I started playing and then we started going to some local shows and I'm watching these dudes and I'm like, I don't see any reason why if we didn't just like get together and practice and put something together that we couldn't do this, you know? Like it, it's all about, you know, just work and stuff like that. And I wonder how far we could take it. Same deal, fast forward. 10 years or whatever, you know, two albums and EP tours, Australia, New Zealand, you know, I got to support every, every band I ever wanted, except for one that we missed out on them twice. Would have loved to play with Chimera. I fucking love that band. Um, but it, it, it's just one of those things that like, really, they're, they're from 30 minutes away from me. Yeah. Yeah. They're Detroit. Right. I remember their, their documentary was, you know, Cleveland. Was, oh, Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I remember the, yeah. they had that documentary and it's all like the smokestacks and stuff and it's winter and snowing and shit like that. I fucking love that. Documentary. Um, but like at the end of the day, there was, there was heaps of other, like I could like list off 10 bass players that I knew in the scene at like the same time that were better than me. You know what I mean? And, singers that were maybe better and different things like that. But me and the, the you know, the tight core that was sort of our band were determined to just like work harder and to be more consistent. And and that's really all it takes. And I, I put off starting the podcast for like probably 10 years as well, you know, and then one day, you know, I just went, I'm just going to fucking do it and then yeah. work hard. And then there you go. You know, it's, it's the same, same thing, you know, it's a, Anybody listening to this, you can you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, don't care. Like, I, I think I put it off for ages, much like you. Like, I, I, you know, would people care what I have to say or, you know, or whatever it is? And then you just go, fuck it, I'm just going to do yeah. it. And if people don't like it, it doesn't matter. At least I'm doing what I want. And, you know, and it gives me a reason to talk to my friends and do those things. I probably have more conversations now because of this than I ever had before because I'm just forced to, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you force yourself to have time to talk to people week after week. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the with the band, with me, um, one of the other things I really love doing is smoking barbecue. I have smokers. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and you know I'll put racks of ribs and stuff in, and that's actually 
kind of how the band started too, is I have this buddy named Mike Rains mm -hmm. and we'd go to his house. I'd put a bunch of meat into a smoker mm -hmm. and we'd, and we'd have eight hours to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I didn't really have any musical talent, so I became the singer. Yeah. Cause I could <laughs> yell. Yeah. Um, so it started out with, with us, a drum machine, and Mike, and we would just fuck around until the meat was done and we were too drunk to play. And then Mike one day was like, well, hey, I, I know this guy, Scott, he's a tattoo artist, but he's got a guitar, uh, he's pretty good. And him and I have been jamming together lately. Maybe we bring him into the mix and then we brought him into the mix. And then my buddy was like, hey, I need you to, or you should meet my buddy, Steve. Steve is a performance percussionist. Now, now it, like he, the running joke was he was the only real talent in the band. Okay. Because, um, like, like nowadays he plays with like, like orchestras and like jazz quartets and shit. Yeah. Wow. This guy was a good drummer. Yeah. And we ended up with him in the band and he brought a bass player and suddenly we just had a band, yeah. you know, like this is real, man. <laughs> but it, it happened pretty organically, but it was also like a fuck it. Let's just do this shit. Like at first we would just go smoke meat and listen to CDs. And then, like, you know, just listen to albums we liked. And then he'd bust his guitar out and, like, start dicking around with riffs. And then while he was dicking around with riffs, I'd write some stupid lyrics. And um, we didn't have, like, a PA at first. He had a keyboard amp. Yeah. So I was singing through a keyboard amp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was really self-conscious of my voice at first. So I bought, a uh, like, a modulator. Yeah. To, like, put myself through it until I had the confidence to be like, fuck that. I'm, I'm fine. I can do this. You yeah. know, and, like, got rid of that thing. Uh-huh. But it was it was just kind of like, like we just started doing it, and then after a while, we were headlining shows and we had albums and we were hitting the road and you know all that shit. So it just kind of like naturally snowballed. I mean, yeah. RPW was the same way, you know. It was we were we were backstage workers. Uh, my buddy, um, uh, uh, Mitch and I. And we didn't really like the promotion we were working with. And we didn't like how he was treating the boys. And it was always just like, man, there's got to be a better way than this. Mm -hmm. And then he got sick. Uh, the, that promoter got sick and his promotion shut down. And Mitch was like, let's start a promotion. And that's just kind of how it happened. And Mitch was supposed to be, he was supposed to be me. He was supposed to be running the thing. I was supposed to be the right hand. Well, Mitch has like a million and a half kids. <laughs> One million and, his wife got and a half. <laughs> Yeah. He's got like eight. I'm not even kidding. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, and his wife got sick and they couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with her. And he just one oh, day just didn't nice. have the time. And yeah. it was either let this thing die mm -hmm. or somebody was going to have to step up. And that ended up being me. Mm -hmm. um, so Mitch was with us through our first two shows. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he had to step away, but he still comes to a lot of our shows and supports. And he's absurdly proud of what I've done. And he, you know, he, he's always in my inbox gassing me up like, yo bro, I can't believe you're doing this and this and yep. this. And mm -hmm. It feels good, man. You know, that's so awesome. And I, I think uh, for anybody that didn't listen to the previous show, you said like Mitch's wife's okay now, right? Like they're, they're like doing okay, but just at the time. Oh yeah. She's fine. Yeah. They, they couldn't figure out what was going on with her. Um, I don't remember exactly what it ended up being but it was some test they weren't running for some dumb reason they went to see another doctor and the doctor ran this test and yeah. then they figured out what was going on and it was it was something to do with her diet like something she had to kick out of her diet and then she was completely fine after that yeah but right i always kept an open door for mitch but he's like you know what like i kind of just like sitting back and like 
being the fan as opposed to like being because he knows how stressful it is to be yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. He's like, I'd rather be able to take care of my family and like come to a show and know that I at least help start this thing with you than, you know, dealing with the stress and my family and all that shit too. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well that that's right. But if, if he got a hold of me tomorrow, it was like, I want to come back. He'd be back. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's he wouldn't be in charge. Maybe be back. I'm the boss, motherfucker. But you <laughs> come back. He's well, on ring crew. It's fine. With all the time and effort and branding I put into this thing, I mean, I couldn't just hand it over to somebody else. It would no. be. It wouldn't be the same thing. It would be his thing. Yeah, you know? exactly right. I mean, ruthless is is your vision. So, so that's what it is. So, so tell us about uh, tell us about the new show, bud. Let, let's do some plug skis because it is coming up pretty soon. So what's going to be the scenario? Do you know when this is dropping? Because I don't want to give up matches that haven't been announced yet if they're uh, if this is coming out beforehand. Well, how about this? How about you tell me when it wants when you want it to drop, and then I will do my best to make that happen. Like, do you want this to be a before the show, or maybe we just drop it before IWTV launches? Uh, before the show. Before the show, because mm-hmm. I know a lot of the the Michigan people listen to your show, um, okay. and so, it might get them to come out. Yeah. So and so, what day is before it? the show? Mm-hmm. Uh, November twenty sixth, which is a Saturday. Okay. Well, maybe I launch it the the week of, you know, uh, a day or two okay. before the twenty sixth, and then that way you're all covered and you have everything announced. Yeah. Well, uh, everything will be announced, so you want to go over the card? Yeah, let's do it. Let's run it down. Tell me all about you'll be, it. You'll be the uh, uh, first uh, outside of the company to hear this whole thing. Yeah, so. And then I'll just launch it tomorrow and fucking get the scoop on every motherfucker. <laughs> no, I won't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't even be mad. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me all about it. All right, so we're going to be doing eight matches. Mm-hmm. Um, four death matches, four regular matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought in some, uh, I'm giving some new guys, uh, uh, some shot, uh, a shot, uh, some guys that have had my eye on some people that have, um, come out and show they want to be here. Yeah, that's like, cool. uh, there's a young man named TJ Meyer. I'm familiar with be on the show. Mm-hmm. TJ, TJ has been to every RPW show, um, setting up, tearing down, doing anything I need of him. Uh, and doesn't even ask for a spot in the show, but I know that's what he's angling for. You know, yeah, like that's what... he's putting his time in because this is somewhere he wants his to work. And yeah. TJ mm-hmm. is is a great worker. Yeah. So TJ is going to be uh, having his. It's not his first match. Um, when we were a much younger company, we did have him. Um, before. Um, but the guy he was working with. Um. Their match, you know, I wasn't happy at all with, and it wasn't really his fault, but they were supposed to have a 15-minute match. I went six minutes. It was lazy because of the one guy. I wasn't happy. So, uh, unfortunately, he got a little bit of the brunt of that. But, you know, he he started showing up. Um, we gave him a, a, a little spot in the body count battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was able to jump into the battle royale there. He got to fuck around with Pondo and Mickey, take some tubes, That's which cool. he'd never done before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to be debuting again uh, against MM3, which I'm sure you're you're familiar with. Of course. Now. Mm-hmm. Um, what a great spot for him. One of the guys that, that uh, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, he's just now starting to get the recognition he deserves. But 
you know, he's the shit in the Michigan scene. Like everyone knows MM3, everyone loves MM3, but yeah. for some reason the outside world doesn't really know MM3 until ICW mm-hmm. decided to give him a shot. Yeah. And they've given him a couple now. Mm-hmm. And I feel he showed up. I feel that that pit fighter he did with Neil mm-hmm. for them was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll have TJ Meyer versus MM3. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the trouble the Kogar brothers have been giving to uh, McCarty mm-hmm. and our tag champs. Um, Atticus, you know, um, canceling on the circus and but still showing up to skewer them, you know, like just a couple he's been of pricks some really. underhanded shit. <laughs> um, what a lot of people don't know, which will come to light or probably has come to light now with some promo packages we're going to be dropping, is one of our tag champs, Zach Thomas from um, Midwest Scum, yes, was a Kogar brother at one point, yes. And I have a feeling that this is what the the root of the problem is. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to do Atticus versus Thomas one on one. Otis, Dread King Logan, and McCarty will be banned from ring. Right. It'll, get it sorted. We're gonna we're gonna let them we're gonna let them fucking sort it out. We're gonna let them get this shit done. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. I bring him back Remington Roar, yes. uh, who has always been. Uh, I, I think he's a big up and comer. I think. I agree. Two years from now, he is going to be a household death net, death match name. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be the guy that everybody wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, he's just just getting there. You know, he's getting like not in ring wise, but like getting his name out there. You know, like like in ring, he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's getting out there. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to be wrestling one of our returning originals, uh, Matthias Thrasher. Yes. Uh, in uh, Pain in the Glass match. So we're going to have <laughs> a shit ton of glass and nothing else. Yeah. Um, Schwartzy is going to return, mm-hmm. as always. You know, every, it's not an RPW show without Schwartzies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be taking on a newcomer who also worked his way into the ring. Uh, behind the scenes and in Gigi Jacobs. Okay. Um, Gigi uh, is also a fantastic wrestler. He's got kind of like a, um, a queer redneck kind of gimmick going on. Okay. Uh, it's quite interesting to love him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. You know, like he's got a mullet and, and handlebar mustache, but he also wears like the Effie style like fishnet. So it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting gimmick. I love it. Cool, cool. Um. What else we got? We got, uh, we're going to, so I, if you remember Big Kaiju Battle, mm-hmm. there used to be a promotion called Big Kaiju Battle, yes. um, where everyone was in these gimmicks. Well, there's this guy that used to work there named Dr. Cube. Yes. Dr. Cube has such, such uh, left Big Kaiju um, and now wrestles under Dr. Redacted. And he, all he wants to do is death matches. Yes. So I'm bringing in Dr. Redacted. Mm-hmm. I'm also bringing in a kid that goes by the name Hardcore. Um, he is a up-and-comer, but this kid is nuts. He bleeds buckets. He's a fucking madman. Nothing's off the table with him. So I figure these two new guys, why not throw them in the, in the mix with Chuck Steen, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the Detroit punk. Yeah. Um, really show them what Ruthless is all about. So that's going to be a three-way. We're going to call it the 8-Mile Deathmatch. 
uh, which means that we're going to throw a bunch of car parts and shit in there. We're going to throw a couple hoods, a couple car windshields. Yeah. I want all my death matches to feel different. Yeah. Well, you've so always got great puns and different. themes on all your match stipulations and things like that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't... Uh, the, the problem with death matches is if you just throw everything in the kitchen sink into every match, there's nothing to really differentiate them. So I always like to kind of be like, all right, this is going to be this style of match. This is going to be this style of match. But if it's if it's for my Deathmatch Championship, then it's going to be everything in the kitchen sink. Yeah. You know, like that's just kind of how we do it. All right, what else we got? I'm, I'm looking at my card now, so I'm not doing this all from memory. Um, uh, for the number one contendership to go against Justin Kyle at our next show, because Justin Kyle unfortunately cannot make this show, mm-hmm. Due to it being on the Thanksgiving weekend, he has family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have Karm Alam versus Crimson for a number one contendership match. Okay. Um, Karm uh, is has been on Impact. Uh, you remember Crimson from TNA? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Um, we also are going to be having um, John Wayne Murdoch mm-hmm. versus Tommy Vendetta. In a Shit. World Series of Doors death match, which means first person to put put the other one through th- three gimmicked doors mm-hmm. wins. So there'll be doors with with carpet strips on them. There'll be doors with gusset plates. There'll be doors with tubes. There'll be doors with wire. You know, we're gonna we're gonna load them all up. Uh, then we have our main event. Uh, so one of our most legendary matches we ever ran, and you can watch this on our YouTube. Uh, was Mickey Knuckles versus Randy West. Yes, I, I and the reason it. the reason it was called a Typhoon of Tubes match. And the reason it was so legendary is uh, we lost a venue over this match. Uh because they ended up going out in the parking lot. They were bumping on people's cars. There was a cannon involved. Uh there was a birthday party going across the street that saw what was going on. The entire birthday party came over and was watching and then they paid to get to the show after they went back inside. Um, so the first 20 minutes, not even a single light tube was used, but a lot of crazy shit went down. Then they went in and burned through 250 tubes. It was one of the craziest matches we've ever put on. So we're running it back. Mm-hmm. Now that Randy is our champion, mm-hmm. uh, Randy lost to Mickey last time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Randy versus Mickey two mm-hmm. electrified light tube boogaloo. Ooh. So we're going to, we're going to have nothing but electrified tubes in there Jesus. and some other fun shit too. Oh. So yeah, that's the card. Wow, that's a terrifying prospect, that match. I mean, Electrified Tubes is the match that almost killed Oren Vite. Uh, it is the... It, and those two ladies don't half-step, and uh, hopefully you've got a nice, solid venue and they expect absolute carnage because we uh, don't need to lose another one. Our venue um, loves what we do. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no problem with it. They have no problem, like, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, it's 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 well known that somebody did get stabbed at the circus. Yes. Normally, any vet, any uh, venue would be turned off by that. They did not blink an eye. Um, like I said, they're bikers. Yeah. Uh, quick, important note, they weren't the, the ones doing the stabbing. On. They did not do the stabbing, so everybody knows. <laughs> I, will, I will put the caveat on. Yeah. The, the stabbing was done by two locals. They were not ruthless fans. They mm-hmm. were locals that found out a wrestling show was coming on. Mm-hmm. It ended up being the girlfriend that stabbed a boyfriend mm-hmm. and they had a history of violence. Mm-hmm. So we took a lot of flack over that. But what people aren't pointing out mm-hmm. is that if we didn't have our in-house medical staff mm-hmm. 
right there. That could have been much worse. Instead, yeah. we had a we had trained paramedics, and they ran right out there. And I'll tell you what the the real VIP of when that moment happened was Joel Bateman. Yes, Joel that. was the first out the door. He was holding that guy's hand. He was just like, "Yo, tell me like about your dog. Tell me about your girl." Like kept him talking. Yeah, and you know, until the the police and paramedics came. Uh, but we had our own EMT there, and one of the fans actually that was there for the weekend was like, "Yo." put me on the phone with them. I'm a first responder. The people that are coming to deal with this are people I work with and I can give them the blow by blow on what to expect and be ready for. So because we have our in-house paramedics and all that, Mm -hmm. the the situation was taken care of very well Mm -hmm. and he, he is fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he he got some stitches and all that, you know, uh, hopefully he broke up with that girl. Uh, (laughs) She tried messaging us. Um, like a couple weeks later, like, Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking care of them. And yada, yada. We really loved what we do. It's just like, don't ever come back. And we have their pictures. It's like, if these people show up, they don't. What what are you talking about? You stabbed him. You were the one that did it. (laughs) It was you. (laughs) What's crazy is how she got caught because she was making up stories like, uh, and he wasn't giving it up. She was like, Oh, you know, I didn't really see what happened. Yada, yada, yada. She got in the ambulance with him and her jeans were so tight. She's standing over top of him holding his hand and they saw the outline of a box cutter in her back pocket. Yeah. And they asked her to take it out of her pocket and it was covered in his blood. Fuck. That's so hectic. So, you know, had it not been a a bunch of flack for that, but. Had it not been a bunch of flack for that, but. What are you expecting in Detroit? We weren't in Detroit. We were in the middle of the fucking country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Had it, had no. it not been a deathmatch show, that dude would probably be dead. But because you guys yeah. have all those procedures, you know, you you tick all those boxes, you take care of all those things, that's, like, just so important uh, to the story. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody there was prepared to deal with it, whereas a, a regular show probably wouldn't have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, uh, every show we have, we have a paramedic on hand. Mm-hmm. Just in case, God forbid, something does go wrong, we have a professional there to handle it. Yeah. And what's crazy is the only injury, the only serious injury we have ever had at a show, knock on wood, since we started this thing, was, wasn't was even in a death match. Justin Kyle landed awkwardly on Sam Beal's uh, elbow and floored his orbital socket. Yeah. You know, it just, it was some shit that happened. But accidents happen all the time, and luckily we are ready for them. Absolutely. No, it's really impressive. I, I feel like seeing everything that's happened with Ruthless, like maybe you should just have a camera crew on you 24-7 because, bro, if this was a documentary, stabbings and heart attacks and shows and ring hustles and all this stuff, like it would be fascinating for people to see it all play out. Yeah, you th- you'd think so, but, I mean, most of this shit, uh, aside from, like, you know, the stabbing and shit and yeah. the actual shows, just takes place in text messages. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> Facebook Messenger, you know, like, hey, yo, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, how about we do this, this, and this? And how about this? And, you know, like, it, it's not as exciting as it sounds. It's actually usually quite stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, usually I, I wake up every single day to about 30 messages. Yeah. Talent. Because what's, what, what, what's other, the other strange thing is talent has a tendency to message you at, like, 3, 4 in the morning for some odd reason. Restless of gypsies. They're, so I'll wake up and there'll be people. like just messages from guys. Yeah. Up all night. <laughs> I think I think it's why I uh 
I probably do quite well with interviews and have gotten to know everybody real fast because I'm awake, you know, when America sleeps. But a lot of these people tend to also be awake too. I'm like, when are they? Because they, they just sleep during the day and they work at night and all those kind of things. So I tend to have all these sort of interactions with people when they should probably be in bed, I guess. <laughs> I will say this. I have no idea uh, at all ever what time it usually is over there when you and I are talking, mm -hmm. but you never not respond right away. <laughs> 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 There's never been a time where I message you and like, three or four hours go by because you were asleep. Yeah. And you didn't message. You know, usually you always message me back in like five minutes. Yeah, it's, I think it's because you're a bit of a night owl as well. Like it's what? 10.30 at night there where you are or what time is it? Uh, it is 9.30. 9.30. Okay. So it's 10.30 a.m. here. So like if you're, if you're messaging in, you know, the evening for you or anything like that, that's just like my mid-morning. You know, so I'm like up and moving and all that kind of stuff, you know. So the only time that you could message me that I would be asleep would be your early morning. And I'm not sure you're about it. <laughs> no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a morning person. Luckily, one thing I'm lucky enough with my job is usually I'm in at 11 or noon. Mm -hmm. So I get to wake up on my own accord. Uh, yeah. No alarm clocks. That's amazing. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. Uh, on Sundays, they make me come in at like 8 a.m. So... That does kind of fuck me up. But uh, normally, I mean, I get to wake up of my own accord. I'm not a morning person at all. Like, you do not want to talk to me in the morning. I don't know how you're doing this. If it's 9.30 in the morning over there, I don't know how the fuck you're doing this. Um, Not easily. And to be honest, every, like, so Fridays, which is what is here, is like my, my roster day off from work. And that's when I usually do all my interviews because it's kind of good for, wrestlers and, and things like that because it's Thursday night, right? Mostly shows are Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. and stuff. So it's kind of a free night and it, and it works out really well. But it does mean I need to get up on my day off, right? Which I sometimes I'm like, why did I fucking book this? Like, why don't I just have a day off? I've got 10 episodes in the can I need to get out. Why am I doing it? But at the end of the day, it, it's like how this, this interview happened. I end up talking with somebody and we're having like a good interaction and they've got something coming up and I want to promote it for them and it just sort of comes in. So I'll get up, I, I get my wife off to work and then instead of going back to bed, which I could, I just do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, you put it off and you're like, oh man, this is going to be rough. And like, I'm half the time, I'm never pumped about it until it starts and you know, it lights up and I'm, I'm talking with somebody and it's a, a wicked time. And I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I did it today. And it makes, it then sets my whole day off really well. Cause Amy finishes work at like two, three in the afternoon. And then we've got the afternoon and evening to sort of hang out and do stuff you know, before I go back to work tomorrow. That's awesome. I yeah. want to die again. Uh, but I would uh, give anything to have a 10 a.m., 11 a.m. start time because I, I am not good at mornings. You think I am because we're talking now, but there is a whole time before we speak where I'm just like drinking coffee and staring into fucking the abyss. Eh? If you don't get a cup of coffee and a bowl in me, there's no talking to me in the morning. <laughs> it's just not happening. There's none. This is just not happening. I, I need a little bit of weed and I need a little bit of coffee, and then I'll be all right. <laughs> and then you get it together. Fuck it up. Yeah, no, I need, I need just something. I at least need time because I just like, my wife will speak to me, and I'm just like staring at nothing because I'm just coming to terms with my existence every time. 
<laughs> now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You recently got to see ICW Live for the first time. What was that I, like for I you? I did. Dude, it was crazy because obviously I followed them for a couple of years. I've gotten to know everybody, you know, been fortunate enough to get to know the, know them and have nearly everybody on my show and stuff. So it was like just meeting up with friends, you know, but also then when yeah. the show started, it's something I've wanted to be a, a part of and see live for so long that I was just so pumped, man. Like I was just, I can't even tell you how excited I was to do it. And it's like this huge things here and I'm going and I'm, and I, I'm going to see this thing I've seen on TV so many times, but then it's also familiar as well, which is, which is kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Um, Struggles told me his his wife, Kerry, who I, I was lucky enough to meet and introduce myself because Struggles and I are really close. Um, I was like, I'm Rafe and blah, blah, blah. And she, she said to him over the weekend, she's like, I forgot that he was a paying fan. Like, I just thought he was like one of our team kind of thing. And that was maybe the nicest compliment anybody could give me because I... I like to make people feel comfortable and I, I feel like I'm really familiar in interviews and stuff. So so the fact that they said that and multiple people said said that to me and I wasn't bothering anybody because I hate feeling like I'm bothering somebody or like I'm trying to get an yeah. interview or something because it's not. Like I just want to help people and have conversations. You know what I mean? So the fact that I wasn't annoying anybody or, or anything like that and we all we'll end up hanging out multiple times, you know, after the shows were over having a few drinks, just talking, talking wrestling, smiling, hugging, selfies, you know, all those things. It was just it was just really special. And I'm close with the Deathmatch Down Under crew as well. I've supported them sort of since their first show. And then when the weekend finished up, so, you know, had, had the run of shows and the last show finished and it was the like ICW's last show. And afterwards the it finishes and everybody sort of leaves, but everybody's kind of still in the room. The outpouring of emotion you know, all the wrestlers and promoters and, and fans. It was just this huge love fest, dude. Like, it was so special to be a part of, you know, and to have so many kind words from people exchanged and stuff. It was really something special. And I, I'm so happy that those shows went down so well. And I don't know if they're, like, ICW's most stream shows online or whatever, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were because, like, the Australian fans were, like, on social media about it. And then every American fan that I spoke to was like, I cannot fucking wait for this. So, yeah. Did you did you like the shows? Did you get to watch them all back yet? Or Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've watched them all. Um, I think it was it was uh, interesting. I think it, it probably helped bump a little bit of the, the show watching because normally ICW is a live stream. Yes. And because of, you know, them being down there and all that, it was more of a – we didn't get it on IWTV until I think like almost a week later. Yeah, exactly. And then they dropped like day by <laughs> so, day sort of thing. Yeah. So there was all the clips hitting online, you know, like just little, little things. And I think it, it got the people salivating. They're like, what happened down there? What's yeah. Going on? You know, like, what? And then when it finally dropped, I know there was a lot of people I saw that were like having watch parties or like, oh, you know, like, awesome. Hey, we're all getting together, you know, eight o'clock, we're going to watch this, you know, and that see, that's hot. So, Cause yeah, that, that's cool. the life that we normally live. You know what I mean? Like, you know, ruthless or you guys will run. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, the, the show will come up or whatever. And it's like that for me. Like I can't fucking wait for this show trying to avoid spoilers, but also watching stuff and things like that. And so it's so cool that that didn't, um, negatively affect like the American fans enjoyment. I think everybody got around it. And I I think, you know, streams can drop out and stuff like that. Having the time to edit it and then sort of get it up and have it be rock solid, I think is really important as well. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, we, we, we uh, amazing stuff. We we caught a little bit of that stream dropping uh, for our show at the circus. It was a bit uh, it was a yeah. bit disappointing, but oh. you know things happen, you know. Yeah. But uh, that that's another thing, you know, when you the fact that you even know who we are mm-hmm. is crazy to me because everything to me feels very centrally located. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm dealing with venues that are less than an hour away. I'm dealing with workers. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them. You know, some of them travel from great distances, but a lot of them are. You know guys that are in a tri-state area you know that jump in a car and do this you know uh even when we travel we've only gone a couple states away you know like everything feels very centralized and then when i'm talking to guys like yourself or joel or big joe Mm -hmm. you know these guys that are from a whole different country they're like yeah man we watch your fucking shows all the time it's just wild to me you know (laughs) so you don't really you don't like like I see the hours watched, like we have the analytics. I see the hours watched on IWTV, mm-hmm. you know, all that shit, but you don't see where it was watched, any of that. Mm-hmm. So like when you start realizing you have fans in other countries, it's just like, it's kind of mind blowing. Like uh, the, the first circus we did, there was some place in Japan that was like putting up a bunch of like clips from our show. And I was like, what the fuck? They're watching us in Japan. Yeah. You know, like they, they have so much better wrestling over there. Why the fuck are they watching us? You know? Yeah, yeah. Well it's it's the it's the reach of well, I I mean selling yourself short, but the but the reach of the the platform, you know, having IWTV and and like giving us the opportunity to watch that stuff and stream it live is like really important. I know that the I don't think the the ICW crew were really even prepared for how great it was going to be. To be honest, I didn't even know how good it was going to be. I'm like, I hope I don't fucking go over there. Dogcast is underway. Uh, I hope I don't go there and like only fucking 100 people have turned out for them. You know what I mean? I'm obviously a super fan and somebody that's really invested, but I'm like, I hope it's that. But the vibe on these shows, bro, like just like full and everybody knows what's going on and everyone's drinking, everyone's having a good time and just... I don't know if it was even really captured on video, like the the positivity and just like the electricity in the room for these things. And, and the ICW crew had told me privately, nearly every single one of them, like they're like, I can't believe we're here, that people care, that it's this passionate, that's this awesome. And all of them were like, we can't wait to come back. You know, Danny was like, I can't fucking wait. This is everything I ever could have hoped for. So yeah, it's it's really awesome. Yeah, when I talked to him, he was super happy with how everything went down there. You know, he uh, he invited me to come out there with him, but, you know, I would have had to pay my own way, and that's just yeah. an expensive-ass trip for a guy like me, you know? <laughs> for anybody. Uh, as much as I love to have come, but, yeah. yeah. It was a um, long But, you know, I mean, well. it is it is really cool the way that this all brings, because it, it is in itself a niche product, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there's wrestling fans, and there is a small subsect that are deathmatch wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these shows interconnect all these people from like different countries and all this shit, like on paper, you and I shouldn't know each other. Yeah. There's no reason we should be friends, mm-hmm. but we are mm-hmm. because of deathmatch wrestling, yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a very cool thing. You know, it is, it really has a way of like bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And when people have a shared interest in things that they're passionate about, like a bond can form almost instantly, you know, because mm-hmm. there's always that thing you can jump to talk to if you get uncomfortable, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. 
it's like, oh, there's a there's an uncomfortable silence. Well, you remember when Kobayashi, you know, <laughs> did the, you know, and it's like, yeah, dude, like, and then yeah. you, you know, you're you're back into it, you know, yeah, absolutely. And I think as it's, well, it's really like, cool. wrestling can be a sort of solitary fandom, you know, it's not always the coolest thing, you know, it, and especially like for me growing up in Australia, nobody knew about it, so it's always really refreshing to like sort of find, you know, people on the same team that like the same stuff. Uh, the, that enjoy it. Like, I, I can't even, like, express how crazy it is, like, the amount of support I get and listeners I have and downloads I've had and people that support me uh, because they like the same thing as well. And then that leads to friendships. Like, you, you and I get to talking. We like heaps of the same things beyond just wrestling. Um, and And those kind of friendships can blossom from that, you know, whereas all the people I grew up with, Nobody probably even knows if I can do this podcast and nobody would even know what I was talking about if they did, you know, because it's just not a thing here. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, the people I grew up with that are not wrestling fans think that I put on, you know, like these tiny shows in gymnasiums where, where guys that aren't trained bash each other with glass. Yeah. And, you know, like every once in a while, something will happen where like it kind of takes it back. Like, oh, you're, kind of really doing this thing aren't you and it's like yeah try like uh darren mccarty coming on board you know like getting involved like kind of changed some people's opinions of what i was doing because if you're not a wrestling fan wrestling's silly yeah people look at wrestling they only see wwe or AEW. they only see like that as what the product is and they don't realize that there is there is different flavors and styles and ways of doing things and there's something for kind of everybody and one of my favorite things was there's this guy I grew up with named Rob Morrison. Um, he, he runs uh, like a punk zen out of Toledo. Um, punk rock musician kind of guy. Uh, never was really a wrestling guy. Um, but helped me out with uh, uh, putting some shirts together. And in return, I was like, hey, man, just come check out the show. I'll give you a front row ticket for free on me. Just come check out the show. So Harpo's was his first show and I put him right in the front row. Mm -hmm. And after that show came up, he came up, he's like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's like, I could not have loved that anymore. Yeah. And since that from that has become a big fan mm -hmm. and watches what we do, watches what ICW does and everybody else. He got IWTV. He's like messaging me randomly. Like, yo, did you see this match? And it's just like, this is crazy to me. Cause like, Eight months ago, you're just like, yeah, hey, yeah, you Mr. Wrestling guy, you know, like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty interesting, you know. Oh, hold on. Um, wow. As I got. <laughs> let's pull the dog out. Yeah. <laughs> dog cast. Dog cast. Yo, man, welcome back to Dogcast, man. <laughs> you also missed We're back again at Dogcast after, after break number five. Ho, ho, Dogcast. Oh, she's getting in on it. Ho. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, <she's> <laughs> Big dog energy at Dogcast. You also missed fire alarm cast. Yeah, there was like uh, a random emergency fire alarm test. Like It's like, emergency. 
Uh, this is a test of the fire alarm system. I was like, I'm going to mute this so nobody has to hear this shit. Um, fire alarm? Oh, because you guys get like crazy bushfires and shit though, right? Yeah, not where I am though. I mean, I'm in an apartment building in the city, so there's no no bush around here, but they they run an evacuation test every, I don't know, month or two or something like that, just to make sure you know the alarms are sounding and, and shit like that. Just health and safety shit that Australia does a lot of. Um, in... Uh, as to what you were saying, uh, I have also never found that anybody I've taken to wrestling has not had an amazing time. So when we went to the ICW No Holds Barred shows, my wife came with me. She does watch the shows and, and was familiar with it. But my sister-in-law came too. So her sister doesn't watch any wrestling at all. Hears about it more than she'd want because I'm me. But like had never been, had never watched an ICW show or anything like that. Then suddenly she's like, front row at pit fighter and at the chains and shit like that she was like it's fucking crazy and i i don't think she's necessarily like in love with it she doesn't like uh she didn't necessarily like getting showered with glass and stuff but she had a great great time and she likes to keep uh like keep uh up to date with what cruel's doing just like he's scary and i don't want to see him again but i like to know what's happening with uh with him because he's a, a fucking he's monster scary in the ring yeah Exactly. We. I don't know if you heard, outside but, uh, of the ring, he's a very, very nice guy. Yeah, very handsome. We, <laughs> quick story: When my wife saw Cruel without the mask, she was like, "Is that Cruel or is that the fucking Bachelor?" Because that's the most handsome dude I've ever seen. He is, and he's got some very, very pretty eyes. He does. Lovely teeth. Great jawline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, exactly. Uh, I I never saw him without the mask on until we had him at the circus mm-hmm. um so yeah i was he's down there in the locker room and i'm like who the fuck is this guy and yeah. uh Darren's like it's fucking cruel man yeah <laughs> oh my god Yo. why does he wear a mask <laughs> i know that's it but guess what he had a fucking career for years without the mask and nobody gave a fuck about him and then he went and that's true turned himself into you know wrestling's jason Voorhees. but he is he's a, he's a charming guy he's he's super nice he's super warm I had the same thing when I interviewed him. I just expected to just see his mask fucking breathing at me for an hour. But but there he was, smiling away and to- told his whole story, which is, like, fascinating. But he was really, really nice to to the girls as well. We all got on real well. And uh, after, I don't know if they showed the, the video, maybe they did on Twitter, but after the last show uh, for ICW, everybody was in the ring and Danny and Joel were, like, thanking oh, everybody. Thing? Yeah, the cunts thing. And so yeah. he asked us to get the hashtag Cruel's Cunt started with a, with a starting chapter. But at any time we were tweeting about cruel stuff, it's Cruel's Cunts with a K. <laughs> we're recruiting now. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> He's so good. So, yeah. Um, Oddly enough, when I had my heart attack, he was one of the first people to message me to see if I was okay. That's amazing. Yeah. He's a lovely dude, man. Absolutely. I mean, he's a terrifying monster. And he, you know what? When he has the mask on, he is a terrifying monster. <laughs> he is. Uh, I think like, it's one of those things where it's a switch gets flipped. He, he, when, you he know, said once that, the contacts yeah. and the mask goes in, you know, like it probably makes you feel like a different person. Yeah. Too, yeah. You know? He said, like, I'm like, you know, when you get gusset plate, whatever, is it good to have the mask because you can cringe or, or whatever and nobody knows and blah, blah. He's like, I don't feel it when I'm cruel. And it's like, I'm I'm in that mode. He he goes. There's there's nothing. I just become that. <sighs> Dog care. Dog care. <laughs> 
Sorry, she is being such a turd tonight. No, that's okay. Maybe maybe Dogcast is coming to the end anyway. So uh, <laughs> let's let's start to wrap it up. Tell everybody where to find everything Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Uh, well, uh, you can find us on social medias: uh, Facebook Ruthless Pro Four One Nine. Uh, I think it's that on Twitter as well, and then Ruthless Pro, Pro RPW on Instagram. We have a Deathmatch Worldwide store with uh, a lot of exclusive uh, shirts. Uh, big shout out to the guys over at Deathmatch. Love those guys. Guy. Um, what up, Corey? You can find all of our shows on IWTV. Um, yeah. And so keep an eye on that. And uh, uh, when Death Rite's done, usually, usually we, when we don't live stream them, this one's not going to be a live stream. Uh, usually they're up within a day or so. Because we just have to add uh, the graphics and edit the camera angles together. But yep. normally, we're so we're so adrenaline dumped after the show that we get on top of that. So. Yeah, just sit up and just get it going. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, well that that's awesome. Well, everybody, make sure you keep an eye out for RPW's Death Right. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome show. I personally cannot wait to check it out. Uh, and just everything they've got coming. I. Uh, uh, we did. We did not give exact details, but I heard a sneak peek of what's to come and some of the plans that uh, Chris has got planned. And it's going to be nuts, man. There's going to be some huge things for this company in the new year. So keep your eyes peeled. And for the amazing Chris Kollenberg and for Ruthless Pro Wrestling, remember it's all about what is it? I don't even know my fucking sign off anymore. It's all about dogs <laughs> on the dog cast. It's all about dogs. <laughs> it's all about the dogs. <laughs> Peace, love, and dog match wrestling. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>